Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, Mel King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. WGR Sports Radio 550 presents. We got at Nate Geary Sports. And uh, Nate says, Merry Christmas to everyone except for Tom Brady, who is probably watching his own documentary with his family this morning. Sports Talk Saturday. We were watching the highlights of last year's Super Bowl, which we won, but we weren't watching the <laughs> <a> documentary. <laughs> Does Nate actually play sports? Emotional damage. On WGR. You good? Not little yes. Okay. He died of emotional damage. Sports Radio 550. Good morning and welcome into Sports Talk Saturday. Nate Geary here. Um, emotional damage is a good way to describe um, how, generally speaking, I feel towards Dolphins fans that interact with me on Twitter. So, um, And for me, it's not I'm emotionally damaged. It's how emotionally damaged they are and how sad and loserish it comes off when they uh, are so desperate. But anyways, I, I digress. I could, I could go on about Dolphins fans all day, but I won't for the sake of uh, humanity, mankind. Did you know, Zach, that we are uh, in the, not the presence of, that's the wrong word, um, Coachella, it started. I found it out yesterday. I didn't know. I, I, I've never been to Coachella. I will never be to Coachella, most likely. We are Western New York middle age what's middle age now like middle the idea of middle age is really backed up a bit like 45 okay we're not that so uh <laughs> we are still very young a lot a lot uh we got a life a lot of, a lot life, of life left a lot of life yeah. ahead of us i i don't see either of us that neither of us really come off as coachella guys uh i'm not i do know some people who are coachella people. coachella guys or just coachella people no Coachella girls. Okay, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Most... And I, yeah, and I'm constantly told, like, you got to go. And I'm like, I mm, might be three things that I would want to do less, I think. Maybe. One of the one of the least three, one of the three things you'd least want to do in your yeah. entire life would be yeah. go to Coachella. I think so. I feel confident. I like California. I like Palm Springs, Palm Desert, where they have the, the, the show, the Coachella Valley or whatever it's called. Um, but generally speaking, everything about it is sort of like what I – I would say I generally believe is 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 wrong with society. So, yeah, I probably won't ever go to Coachella. And the only reason I know that today is day two of Coachella because it's trending in my Twitter feed, which I would have no way of knowing otherwise because, again, I probably don't really know what Coachella is other than a music festival. But I think there's more to it than that. There definitely is. I just know for a fact I would look 
horribly out of place if I show up. Yes, uh, you and your North Face hoodie and me and my golf quarter zip and sweatpants and Sabres hat. Yes, I think we I might. mean, we look great. We do look Just, great you know, for the standard of like a Western New York on a Saturday morning where it's raining at eleven oh four. Exactly right. Yeah. Like that would be like the standard of us looking good. Would have to be in this exact situation and scenario, but that's fine. Um, I digress. It's you know Saturday. The weather's terrible. No one's golfing yet. Uh, Western New Yorkers are sick and tired of this terrible weather. I know I am. Um, so with that, we've got twelve days to the NFL draft. We are officially like narrowing down on. The next most important date on the NFL calendar. I know I'm excited. I know other folks are excited, too. I've got a couple of guests this uh, morning and going into the afternoon that'll help me kind of break it all down for you. Uh, also, uh, you know, there's there's some things I'm going to want to get into today as well. I had uh, Connor Rogers of Bleacher Report on my podcast last night with Bruce Nolan, who you're going to hear from later on this afternoon, who was on uh, the Extra Point Show yesterday with Joe. And, um, you know, I keep thinking about, generally speaking, this Kyler Murray situation. There's two situations right now, one across the league, one here at home that have been sort of just in my brain space and occupying a lot of my brain time. The two things are the Kyler Murray situation, right? And and if you were listening to the station before I came on, you heard the guys at BetQL talking a little bit about the Kyler Murray situation, the uh, sort of how like the, the crossover between Josh Allen's contract situation that ended up playing out and resolving itself last year and how, you know, what, like what is similar, what's different about that. Um, <clears throat> Baker Mayfield, I, I should say there's three things because Baker Mayfield's also in the back of my head. And I, and I want to talk through some of the Baker Mayfield slander. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that in a minute. And then the third thing is Jordan Poyer, right? And the bills uh, contract, situation with Jordan Poyer. Um, I want to talk a little bit about who maybe has the leverage there, uh, what the best solution, what the, like, for everybody, the best solution for everybody involved with Jordan Poyer and his current situation, which is he wants to get extended, right? He has not come out and said he's not going to play under the current contract. I wouldn't expect he does that. It does not behoove he nor... The reason I'm bringing these three up is they're all in very different situations, but the core of each of their issues are that they, they none of them have leverage. Baker Mayfield doesn't have leverage. Jordan Poyer definitely doesn't have leverage. And Kyler Murray definitely, definitely doesn't have leverage. He's got two years remaining on his contract, and it costs $40,000 a day to sit out training camp. He ain't doing it. Baker ain't doing it. Poyer ain't doing it. Out of those three, Kyler's the most likely to get paid. I would say Poyer's the second most likely, and we're not talking about paying Baker Mayfield. He is making $18 million this year. From a starting quarterback perspective, that's the lowest, that's like the bottom 20% of NFL starters are making $18 million this season. The Baker Mayfield hates making me uncomfortable. And I, I get probably a lot of this has to do, he's on commercials. He's got his big target on his back. He's outspoken. He says things. He goes on podcasts. Since when is it so egregious and a lack of self-awareness to go on so to go on a podcast to say what everybody already knows? The Browns screwed him over. Now, whether or not the Browns had the right to do that is not really the argument. The Browns screwed Baker Mayfield over. He played through a debilitating left shoulder injury that made him play, made his play pretty darn bad. But this is a quarterback that brought the franchise to its first playoff appearance in over a decade. 
He was their number one pick. He had one of the best rookie seasons a, a rookie quarterback has ever had. And here we are where no one's willing to pay $18 million for him to be their starting quarterback. I, I'm confused because there are a lot of bad starters in the league right now. Marcus Mariota. I would take Baker Mayfield nine times out of ten, and the only time I'd take Mariota is if it was a race, a foot race, because then Mariota would win that. Otherwise, what are we talking about with Baker Mayfield? I, I'm I'm sort of at a loss. Now, he's a little bit of a – calling him a jerk even feels extreme to me. He's not a jerk. He just – He's an acquired taste. He's an acquired taste. He's fine. He isn't – out there, you know, going on podcasts and saying, you know, racial or sexist things like Cam Newton did when he's talking about what women's place are in the world and at the home. Like, that guy, can he can just pound salt. I'm done with Cam Newton. I was before that. Anyways, he stinks at football, and I don't need to hear from Cam Newton anymore. Baker Mayfield went on a podcast to say that he felt disrespected. Every single one of you would. If you brought a crappy, lousy franchise who can't get out of their own way, who have just traded three first-round picks for a guy who has been accused by 22 women of egregious sexual acts against them and who is not in the clear from a civil perspective. So I don't know where anybody, and we sort of, listen, I knew this was going to happen where people were going to kind of not necessarily forget about Deshaun Watson and the Browns doing that, but we've gotten to the point where we started to like not necessarily, it's not the main story anymore. Now it's back to football. Don't let it be. The Browns are egregious. The Browns are a joke. They're a clown show. They're a terrible organization. They're one of the worst organizations in professional football without an owner named Dan Snyder. So forgive me, and, and I thought we had all agreed a while ago that we were going to stop taking the sides of the billion-dollar organizations in the league and start taking the sides of players who very clearly was the best quarterback in Cleveland Browns franchise history before the team decided that they needed to get better than him and he was a child, so we're going to go get the guy with the 22 sexual assault allegations against him. So wanted to get that off my chest. I, I'm just I'm sort of at a loss with where we all are on Baker Mayfield, because he's not a bad guy. He's never really been in trouble, short of his DUI in college. Is it, it? It's because he talks a little trash? It's because, like, I thought we liked the personality from athletes. I thought we were sick and tired of the athlete and the coach speak. I thought, you know, we all want the guy that's going to talk and is going to say things more than the X's and O's or, you know, hey, the other team, they the other team's really good. They played a great game today. You know, it's not all about that. Like, no, we don't want that. We want guys like Baker Mayfield who are going to say what they feel and have a chip on their shoulder and, and, and want to talk about more things than just what Sean McDermott wants to talk about, what NFL coaches want to talk about, which is – Effectively nothing. It's an entertainment product. The NFL is the is WWE. What's the difference? What's categorically? What's the difference between the WWE, professional wrestling, and the NFL? That they're not the the. I was gonna the say one scripted. Fixed. Yeah, they're that's not about fixed. It. Okay, sure, they're that's not they're it. not scripted endings. I would say that's there's your categoric that there's your biggest difference between the two, but. This is entertainment. Baker Mayfield is an entertainer, and he's good at it. So he's got a target on his back. Whether that's right or wrong, it's not 
I'm not here to judge. But having Robbie Anderson come out and say, who are you, Robbie Anderson? I really wanted to ask you about who that. Who are you? I, that's where I started feeling bad for Baker. I was like, what is going you on here? You have second-class NFL players coming out and saying that they don't want to. Good. Not even just no, second-class. Like, Robbie, who have you who played are, at quarterback who's been good? And who are you? Like, who's Robbie Anderson? It was terrible. He stinks. He's a number three wide receiver who's been paid a lot of money by a, another terrible franchise in the Carolina Panthers. Give me a break, Robbie Anderson. Grow up. It's just, it's a little insane to me, the, the hate that Baker Mayfield's getting. And I don't want to be the defend Baker Mayfield guy. But for God's sakes, I'll do it. I'll be it if it's what's required. For God's sakes. Anyways, uh, so that's the Baker Mayfield rant I had to get out of the way. The Kyler Murray one is interesting. Kyler Murray is, by all accounts, a really darn good quarterback. He's a top 10 quarterback, right? Are we all are we all there on, on Kyler Murray being a top 10 quarterback? I think that's right. So Kyler Murray's a top 10 quarterback. And we know right now top 10 quarterbacks make $40 million a year. So Kyler Murray says, well, Josh Allen got paid after year three. Josh Allen was also the MVP runner-up, brought his team to the AFC Championship, which is a little different than the situation that Kyler Murray finds himself in, which is a second-half collapse, just a collapse from Kyler Murray. Some of that's on the coach, Cliff Kingsbury. He should wear some of that. The team should wear some of that. Injuries. We know that at the end of last season that they had injuries Across the board, DeAndre Hopkins missing significant time. Kyler Murray missed several games last year due to an ankle injury. He clearly was not the same after coming back from that injury. But Kyler, man, I got to tell you, you're not sitting out. You've got no leverage. You can't sit out. You're going to go play baseball? I don't think you are. I, at least I don't, I don't think. I think that would be a dumb idea for Kyler Murray to, to leave the NFL to go play. But that's your leverage. Leave the sport. That's not leverage. I mean, what that is is... It's, it's leverage you can tell yourself is leverage, but if you're the Arizona Cardinals, you're not going to blink, and you'll trade him before anything like that happens. Right? I mean, the Cardinals will just trade Kyler Murray if he threatens to play baseball or if that's a legitimate threat, which I'm not sure that it is. Let's go to the phones. We've got a couple of phone calls. I'd like to, it sounds like we've got some takes on Baker Mayfield, which I'm all about. Let's go to Jerry in Kenmore. Jerry, welcome to Sports Talk Saturday. Jerry, what you got from me, my friend? Hey, good morning. You know, you know what's funny is um, I've always had this, this issue with sports and how people are treated differently based on kind of who they are or the situation. Like, as an example, how many NHL fans know who Brad Marchand is and how many NHL fans know who Jonathan Huberto is? By the way, Jonathan Huberto is the third leading scorer in the NHL this year, but Brad Marchand's a jerk and, and people understand that, so they recognize him more. I never understood how Jeter was treated much differently uh, than A-Rod was for similar situations, yeah. whether it was relationships with women or whatever. It's, it's, I think Baker Mayfield has to take a page out of uh, you know, uh, some other book and say, listen, it's over in Cleveland. I'd love to play in Seattle or San Francisco, and I'll have 10 years to prove them wrong that they did the wrong thing. I, I'll give you another example. Everybody thinks Mitch Trubisky, because of his time in Chicago, is a, is a bad quarterback and was a bust. He had a winning record there. He took them to the playoffs. He's throwing like 35 more touchdowns and interceptions. He's a good quarterback. The perception, though, is is something different all the time in sports. Yeah, I, I kind of love your Jeter to A-Rod point, Jerry. I, I think well, it's... We, you know what's funny about the Jeter-A-Rod thing, and I tell my friends this that are Yankee fans, do you know how many world championships they won with Jeter as captain? 
The answer is one. Hmm. He gets credit for a hundred of them, but it's yeah. one. <laughs> and the other thing is, he does get credit for a hundred. Everybody thought it was funny that he'd leave that gift basket with signed, you know, balls behind for his conquests, and. We killed A-Rod for throwing a ball to a woman in the crowd to get her phone number. That was weird, A-Rod's though. biggest problem was is he was a threat to Jeter. Yeah, he was a, he was a, he was a threat to Jeter's... Well, yeah. remember, they played the same position. They did, right. But, yeah. but A-Rod moved for he Jeter. Did. He did. A-Rod moved for Jeter. And he's unquestionably the better shortstop. But for he moved, sure. But he moved Defensively, to yes. 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 Especially at that point of their career. But, Jerry, I, I kind of I'm very happy that you brought this point up. Thank you for bringing it up, by the way. Um, you're right. I, I think a lot of what you said is right and how people are viewed and how it's funny in an organization like Cleveland that there were a lot of Baker defenders until there wasn't. Like, what did Baker do before Deshaun Watson was traded to Cleveland that would have gotten Baker people, Baker defenders, to stop defending Baker? Their team got a new quarterback. And if you were okay with all of the stuff about Deshaun Watson, you stopped being a Baker defender and you became a Deshaun Watson defender. Now, whether or not that's right, I think it's gross. It wouldn't be me, but it's interesting. I, the, the Jeter A-Rod comparison scenario, I think is a good encapsulation of what is wrong with how people villainize sports figures. And it's almost the same idea from... A-Rod and how he was treated by even his own fan base and by Baker. I, I think I love that comparison. Thanks, Jerry. Let's go one more phone call. Let's go to Dave in Alabama. Dave, you're on Sports Talk Saturday. What do you got for me, my man? Hey, I heard one of y'all say that he's an acquired taste. I would call him pompous, okay. arrogant, shows no humility. Um, what has he accomplished other than beating Big Ben on his last legs? And the offense turned the ball, I think I checked it was four times, maybe their first four. Possessions. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't pretty in that game. Yeah. Yeah, those progressive commercials are a bad look, too, for a guy that ain't done nothing in the league. He acts like he's Muhammad Ali with all the trash talk. And he's done more than a DWI, grabbing his manhood at Oklahoma, putting the – well, it's, I don't mind the flag thing. I thought that was kind of cool when he did that to Ohio State. But mm-hmm. just, dude, you got to win something before you can talk trash. And I'm no Deshaun Watson apologist. He's gross and disgusting, and there's no way he didn't do one of those things. And if he right. did one, he shouldn't be in the league. But <clears throat> with that, without just football terms – I mean, if it was the Bills and we had Mayfield and Josh Allen before I found out he was going to be Josh Allen, I mean, I actually thought about trading Josh Allen straight up for Watson until the stuff happens. That's how right. great of a football player you're right. is in Watson. No, you're you're right, Dave. And, and, and I think that's purely from a football perspective. Right. And and for me, it's much harder as as it stands, knowing what I know or. Well, how about this? Not knowing what I know, I th- knowing what I know would 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 indicate me that I know something that other people don't about the, the situation with Deshaun Watson. I don't. But what I know of the situation, I it's not purely football. Right. Like it can't be purely football. If you are making decisions on Deshaun Watson that are purely football, like the Cleveland Browns have. You have to sacrifice part of your own moral compass. And for me, not something I'm willing to do. But you're right. I mean, people here a year and a half ago were saying, would you trade Josh Allen straight up for Deshaun Watson before this stuff came out? And I probably, before before last year, before not before 2021, before 2022, or before 2020, I should say, I probably would, t- would have taken Deshaun Watson before the stuff over Josh Allen. So I think that's that's a fair thing to say, Dave. And 
from the perspective too that you're kind of talking about the progressive commercials and i think that's it's a slipper he got approached by a major company a corporation to get paid millions of dollars in endorsements to be on tv and to endorse their insurance company do you, is there a law that says you got to do X in the NFL? You have to win so many games. You, you have to have a certain touchdown to interception ratio to go and be a progressive commercial guy. You know, I, I, I'm not sure there has to be a baseline of six professional success to be able to go on TV and do commercials. Josh Allen is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's not on commercials. Baker Mayfield's sellable. He's still right now. Maybe more so than ever sellable. That's why he's going on some dude's podcast. That dude knows Baker Mayfield's going to get me clicks. He's going to get views. He's going to get eyes. So probably what we're talking about is attention for the wrong reasons. And I don't want to compare a DUI to him grabbing his junk on the sidelines. It's... It's such a nuanced conversation you have to have about something I think that's dumb. And I and I hate having to apply a standard of nuance and layering to something that I think is as dumb and as straightforward as what we're seeing. Baker Mayfield, what has he done? Right? That, that's that's sort of the question being posed. What has Baker Mayfield done to earn blank? What has Baker Mayfield done to earn the right to be on commercials? What has Baker Mayfield done? To earn the right to go, or he doesn't understand football, right? That was what Damian Woody said. He doesn't understand the NFL because he went on a podcast. He went on a podcast and said that the Browns did a crappy thing, which they did. It's not crazy. Oh, man. I just, I don't know where I stand on this. I, I'm, I'm coming off as a hardcore Baker apologist. And that's not the position I want to paint myself as. But you people have forced me here. Not you people. Not not the, not my callers. Not Dave or or Jerry. Um, I think both those guys made fantastic points. Um, I think what this comes down to is the way that he is being framed by the national media. The national media has decided to villainize Baker Mayfield. They haven't done it to Kyler Murray yet. He's close, right? Because Kyler Murray's about that money. He's about them dollars. That's what he's about. Is he about the winning? I think that's what Arizona is asking. Right? I think they're rightfully saying, listen, you, we know you're about the money. And every player in the NFL is about their money. As, 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 as um, Lash- uh, not LaShawn, as Marshawn Lynch would say, worry, you know, worry about your family, worry about your chickens. Right? And the chickens equals y- your cheddar, your money. And I get that. Kyler Murray has every right to look out for himself and to get himself paid. But when you make everything you do about the money, I'll give this. And Derek Carr, say what you will, Derek Carr is corny as hell. He is a corny, uncool dude. He's just lame, right? Like he's the one guy in your high school class that that sits in front every day and raises his hand and will you know, purposely raise his hand and say, well, I'll actually, I'll let somebody else answer. That's Derek Carr. Derek Carr's a nerd. He's a lame, right? But that guy essentially makes his contract so that he has to earn his contract. Like he, he took less in guaranteed money than every other quarterback who's making as much per year as he is. And whether or not that's to be 
that's whether that's endearing or not. Derek Carr earned the right to get paid because of how he approached it. Kyler Murray's approach to getting paid really from the beginning, really from his decision to play football over baseball was not because he was better at football, right? I mean, for all intents and purposes, like he was a, like a, a he would have walked into the major league baseball and been a top 15 player in five years. Yeah, he was the seventh overall pick. He's the seventh overall pick in baseball, number one in football. There is not a lot of people like Kyler Murray, by the way. But it's yeah, it's just it's 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 a weird spot. It's a weird spot. Let's grab one more phone call before we take a timeout. We got Dan Fates coming up here to talk a little NFL, talk some Bills, talk some NFL draft, talk a little Sabres as well. Paul in Buffalo, you're on Sports Talk Saturday. Welcome, Paul. Hey guys, uh, just for for a number of reasons, I went back and rewatched the game against St. Louis yesterday. It was uh, I was there, but it was such a good crowd of people I haven't seen. I socialized a lot, didn't get to watch the game. Mm-hmm. And um, shift by shift, I went through the game. We didn't just outplay them; we dominated eighty five percent of the shifts. The middle stat line, both Olison and Asplund, forechecked like they were five ten year veterans. Um, there is a play at the beginning of the second period. Rasmus Dahlin throws a pass from five feet in front of Craig Anderson to the opposite blue line, minimum 110 feet, hit, hits Asplund for a breakaway. Biddington in that game stopped six fuller partial breakaways. He stood on its head, and we got terrible goaltending. We're playing the Flyers back-to-back. I'm predict- predicting two absolute blowouts. Even um, Fitzgerald and Bryson in the game against St. Louis, played very well. Like, Samuelson was missed because he's a very, very good defenseman, but he was not missed because Bryson played bad. And I meant to say Fitzgerald and Butcher as a pair Mm -hmm. played very, very well together. We dominated that game. Every Sabre fan, if you got that game recorded, rewatch it. Don't feel bad about the scoreboard. That's a game that means Craig Anderson can't come back next year. And that's a good thing, and I'm not knocking Anderson on that. Yeah, no, and you shouldn't. But at the same time, Paul, like you said, I mean, I, I think you can you can stand to watch that game and say the Sabres you just need better goaltending. And Craig Anderson has been a better goaltender than what they had all year, but I, I think all of us sort of just recognize his value to the team as a veteran. Um, and, and on a very young roster, but say that like next year, I think you'd like to have a notable upgrade from Craig Anderson. I think you can live in both worlds and not feel like you're, you're slighting Anderson for the co- accomplishments that he's had this year, becoming a, uh, one of the winning, winning, uh, one of the winning, winningest goalies in NHL history. Um, doing that here was fun. Um, it's too bad that he missed at the time that he did. I, I would have liked to see him because he does make this team more competitive, um, by having an NHL caliber goalie. But I think next year there has to be aspirations to be more than just to have a guy that's NHL caliber. I think you have to have a guy that can be a top 15, top 20 guy in the league. Otherwise, wh- what are you doing? So, 803-0550. Thanks for the call, Paul. Thanks for all the calls in that segment, everybody. I'm going to take a timeout. Dan Fates is going to join us coming up next. We're going to talk about the Bills. We're going to talk about this Kyler Murray situation, Baker Mayfield. We'll get his thoughts on all that. It's coming up next here on Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Baker lacks some self-awareness here. The fact that, you know, you're in a situation where Deshaun Watson has been acquired by the Cleveland Browns. There's so much uncertainty about your situation. You go on a podcast and you vent all this all this stuff in the podcast. It just lacks self-awareness uh, as far as Baker Mayfield is concerned. But beyond that, I will, I will say this. I think Baker Mayfield doesn't understand the business of football. And that was ESPN NFL analyst uh, oh, Damian Woody, I was going to say Booger McFarland, but they're just both big guys, so sometimes I confuse them. They both played on the opposite side of the line of scrimmage, though. I should I should know that for sure. Let's go to the Western Hotline, our first guest of the morning in Sports Talk Saturday here. Dan Fates, he's a sports anchor and reporter over at 13 Wham in Rochester. Uh, you may know him from his, uh, his fandomonium uh, during the Atlanta Braves <laughs> World Series run. Uh, so if you follow him on Twitter, there's no chance you missed any of that, uh, that play out. Listen, as a, as a Royals fan... Dan, I can actually, I, I, I kind of know what you went through um, during that um, during that run for you in the World Series. Maybe even more so being a Royals fan, considering yeah. we got there in '14. And if you are an Atlanta fan, you'd know, like, if you get to the World Series and lose, there's really no confidence you're getting back. I, I did not think the Royals were going to get back in '15 to win like they did, but they did, and. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, baseball is a weird sport for people right now. It's on it's kind of on the on the back burner for a lot of folks, but when your team wins and it's not the Yankees, it feels great. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, exactly. I think that's so well put and especially going back to the year before, they had a 3-1 lead against the Dodgers in the NLCS and I thought that was the year that they were going to break through and they collapsed like the Braves have historically collapsed. So going into this year, they were under 500 at the trade deadline. They make these moves to get a bunch of guys that I really were kind of nobodies to some respect, Jorge, Jorge Soler and, and Eddie Rosario. They lost Ronald Acuna Jr. And, uh, yeah, and they went on this magical run, and it was the greatest moment of my sports life. Mm. So, yeah, it was uh, – and my, my wife was next to me the entire time as I'm drinking Jenny Lights and uh, trying not to cheer so loud to wake up our – you know, at the time, one-year-old from uh, <laughs> from Pan. So that was that was fun. Yeah, uh, and you know, I think for me, and you know, most of my sports life, being a Notre Dame fan and being a Royals mm-hmm. fan and growing up loving the Bills uh, during the drought era, had not not a lot of positives for me. So the, the that World yeah. Series team, plus you know, and, and I'm sure you probably, I, I'm not sure where your um, your your Braves fandom sort of came from my Royals fandom came from my dad, him and I really bonded over going to Royals games as a kid growing up. We were at the ALCS game in Toronto. Um, yeah. Like that, that, wow, that's always yeah. going to, I'm always going to remember a lot of that kind of stuff, just bonding with my dad, you know? Yeah. I grew up They were Everybody always asked me that. And I always just say like, there were always three games that were on TV. Three baseball teams were on TV yep. all, every night. And so it was the Yankees. My dad hated the Yankees, so I didn't watch the Yankees. I personally just hated the Mets. I just hated mm-hmm. everything about them in the in the mid '90s. And the Braves were always on TBS. I fell in love with Chipper Jones and Javi Lopez and Maddox, Schmoltz, Glavin, and I just grew up winning division titles and then being crushed in you know the the division series against the Astros at one o'clock baseball games that nobody cared about yep. in empty <laughs> in empty stadiums at Turner Field, but. 
besides that, it, it, it's the fandom has just kind of grown. And uh, so, yeah, it was, again, none of my – I grew up a Sabres fan like you. Um, remember those runs that they had before staff infection yep. and, and all of those things. So that was – I was always kind of like bracing myself for failure with this Braves team, um, especially if they lost Acuna. Their best pitcher hasn't pitched in two-plus years, Mike Soroka. He was coming back from an Achilles injury. Last season, he was supposed to come back. He was finally getting cleared and blew his Achilles yeah. walking through the clubhouse. <laughs> it just seemed like this was just not our year. Right. And I'm sitting there going like, hey, anything's gravy. Like, anything is, is great. And then they beat the Brewers, who I thought, you know, they had the great pitching staff that they did last year. And it was like, oh, okay, here we go against the Dodgers again. And we got through that. So it was, it was a lot of fun. And, again, uh, baseball, you're right. Um, I, I agree that baseball is boring. I agree that it's slow, but I'm still one of those guys uh, playing college baseball that I can I can turn on a baseball game, Nate, and throw the remote away. I'm still that guy that, like, I'm still going to watch every pitch of every inning, and it's, it's, it's sickening. Just, just some respect. I'm with you. Yeah, man. It's uh, baseball. It's just it's, – we're, we're at a weird spot. Everyone's at a weird spot with baseball. I'll tell you – where I feel I'm at a weird spot with this Baker Mayfield situation that's playing out and, and sort of the, the public slandering and like, he's sort of just like the stoning of, uh, of Baker Mayfield in, in a giant, you know, arena where fans are, it it feels like the Roman Coliseum and he's tied up getting his limbs ripped limb from limb from a, from a couple (laughs) of lions. Like everyone has a taste for Baker blood right now, Dan, what's up with it? Like, where do you stand in this situation? I feel like I'm defending Baker. Like I'm some sort of apologist and I don't really like doing it because I'm not an apologist to Baker. I just think the criticism has gone to a little bit of a personal level. Absolutely. And and I think part of it was obviously the, the highs and lows of Baker Mayfield obviously been well documented. You don't need to me to do that. But the the one thing you can't say about Baker, correct me if I'm wrong, Nate, was that, like, the guy gave it his all. Like, he, he sure did. All, he played all of last season injured. And you want to know what? It's bad on the Browns for not take, sitting him down and saying, hey, man, like, you're, you're hurting our team. I know you want to play, but we're just going to sit you down. And he played horrible. Like, there's no getting around that either. Like, I'm sure you can't defend his play or his stats from this past season, but put into like what he dealt with and say like, dude, the guy gave it his all. Like there are some guys that you see quarterbacks that are just checked out. Like, like we've seen it before. Like how about Teddy Bridgewater, like just making business decisions, getting out of the way or, or even Cam Newton in the Super Bowl. Like this Baker at least suited up every single day and went to battle. And I thought in Cleveland, that would be applauded. Yeah. And again, the off the field stuff, I get it. It is a little bit annoying at this point. But if I'm Baker, I'm kind of on Baker's side to be like, screw all of you. Like, what, what did I do wrong so bad to be chastised as this villain of why they weren't successful this year, which I just think isn't true. So I, I'm with you, man. I was always afraid of getting the Josh Allen deal done before Baker because I thought if Baker had played well last year, Baker was going to get a big contract. And it's not – Nate, you know what it's like, the life of the quarterback, the highest-paid quarterback isn't the always the best quarterback. It's just whosoever turn it is. So right. I was there being like, hey, what if Lamar gets a contract before Josh? Then Josh becomes three more million dollars. It's more mm-hmm. expensive a year. So, so I'm with you. Uh, I think Baker is getting the, the, the bad end of this, and especially the quarterback that they bring in now gives me the, like, the skeevies thinking that they're, they're going to be cheering for that yeah. when they you know, pretty much – Baker did everything he could 
his play is one thing, but he did everything he could the right way on the field. A hundred percent. And on top of that, the the thing about what this situation, what the Browns have done, I think it's not just trading for Deshaun Watson. It's giving him the first fully guaranteed contract yep. in NFL history, right? It's not just doing that and then basically saying, well, you know, we actually are considering keeping Baker and forcing him to play. Like, like you're in a hostage situation. Um, how they've treated this situation, I think, has been fitting for the organization as a whole because <laughs> I think the Browns, for the bigger part of the last three and a half decades, have been a joke. And this is, in the moment that they've had, this is their best quarterback they've had in two decades. And he, yep. to your point, put it all on the line. What it's going to show is that quarterbacks, the next guy, is not going to play through an injury. Because why would you? Why, why, if you were Kyler Murray, why would you go back in that playoff game? Yep. You're 100% right. You're applauding the wrong action. And, again, the Browns are the ones that made the mistake by keeping to play him. Like, I really do believe 90% of the guys go out there and play injured all the time, right? But when the injury starts to impede the team or holds the team back, which it clearly was, you sit down and say, hey, man, we're going to protect you. The Browns didn't do any of that, and I think Baker deserved that. Like, let's not forget, he took the Browns to the playoffs. Like, he gave that franchise light relevancy, Nate, which they hadn't had in forever. And then you just kind of kick him to the curb in just this public mishandling of every PR move possible of we're not in on, you know, we're not in on uh, Deshaun. And then all of a sudden he's there, and you're like, well, Sorry, Baker. Like, and now, and now we're we're mad at Baker because well, he's not talking to the team and he's going on all these podcasts. It's like, okay, what at this point now, Nate? What does Baker owe the Browns to be a a, a, a good citizen and and say the Browns are great and uh, I I loved my time there? Screw that. <laughs> like, I would take the Browns down with me, plunge my value, and say eat it. Yeah, and I don't really buy that his podcast appearance plunged or hurt his value. I. I... Like that is just being taken way out of context. He went on a podcast. Do you think that that's? Do you do you think Pete Carroll and and John <laughs> Snyder are sitting there going, "We really wanted Baker, and now we want nothing to do with him after that." Give me a break. Like that did yep. that is no bearing whatsoever on his value on the open market. The only reason that Baker Mayfield's market value is tanked is because what the Browns have done, not what Baker's done. Right, and and because they dragged their feet, and obviously we've seen the quarterback carousel this offseason. Now you're running out of chess pieces to move. Like, like, like now, like you said, like it's Seattle, but now if you're Seattle, Nate, don't you hold all the cards? Cause it's like, well, if you don't trade them to us, who are you trading them to? Them? Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it is. It is truly amazing. Dan Fates here on the Western hotline. He's a, he covers the bills for 13 wham in Rochester. Um, Dan, I, 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 I did want to get your thoughts on this Kyler Murray situation. Cause I do think it's fascinating. Um, the sort of, I don't know. Again, narratives. I, I the Kyler Murray situation is a little different from the Baker Mayfield situation because, to Baker's credit, he went out there, played injured, gutted out a, a year. Not just one injury, like three or four, and and the left arm yep. injuries as legit for for a quarterback as they get. Yep. Just ask Josh Allen. He struggled through that left shoulder injury yep. in 2019. Struggled through it. So, um, having said that, Dan, where do you stand on Kyler Murray? Who here, like, it looks like they're in a, in, a, in a staring contest. 
The only problem is Arizona is in another room and they don't seem to care at all that 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 Kyler and his team are sort of sitting there waiting for somebody to sign to a contract. They don't seem interested. Yeah, it, it's interesting, Nate, because while I, I, I kind of am icky about the situation because we know, like, Kyler's got, what, two-plus years left mm-hmm. on his rookie deal? Hey, he's got his fourth and year and then the fifth-year option. Yep. Right. So you're kind of sitting there going, like, hey, man, like, you're crazy to be talking about a contract extension right now. But, Nate, isn't that kind of the way the NFL is, is moving? Like, it used to be back then, if you held out with more, like, like when Ezekiel Elliott held out and all these guys held out, you're like, what do you mean? You play through your contract like that. What do you mean? You don't hold out like when you have two years left on a deal. That's kind of where the NFL is going now. But like in a weird way, like you're seeing, like you said, you're looking at the Deshaun Watson guaranteed money deal. Mm-hmm. Like you're looking around the league, what wide receivers are getting now, Nate. And the, the, the draft, like the NFL is changing. The player empowerment, we always thought like, oh, like quarterbacks really can't force their way out of teams or anything like that. Or it's working. Like, like, quarterbacks are doing They are doing they it. Want. Yeah. So, so it, to some respects, I can sit there and go to Sean Watson, like, or if you're Kyler Murray, like, hey, I'm going to strike while the iron's kind of hot right now. And you know what? I don't really – I can I'll, – I'll do whatever I need to do to get my next deal because that's what it's all about, Nate. It's always getting that one contract. It's that big contract after that rookie deal. So, while it seems crazy and you can sit there and, and it is kind of icky to be like, dude, just play. And, like, also, like, even – been good you know when you stayed on the field but like you haven't really won a ton you know and and at times you fizzled out with your injuries and his play has you know definitely gone down and he's a smaller guy and all these things at the same time I can sit there and kind of be like I can understand what his agent's saying in the year like and and it's not a good look for team and and quarterback in a PR stance but if I'm Kyler why not try Mm -hmm. I, I guess that's where I'm at because I am never going to sit there and be a player to be like, oh, come on, man, just play. Like, what's a couple million? Like, I am never that guy. I am get your money now. So if I'm Kyler, I'm looking around going, hey, there's guaranteed money out there? You're telling me fully guaranteed contract, Kirk Cousins, all these guys? Yeah, I want my money now. Uh, And and I, I feel like I deserve it. So I don't love it but I can understand it. Yeah, and listen, I, I, it, it is interesting. Your, your comment about how quarterbacks are getting their way. I mean, it is kind mm-hmm. of a new, a new era has been ushered in for the power of the quarterback, and the quarterback has more power now and on where he's going to play and how long he's going to play there than ever before. But having yep. said that, Kyler doesn't have leverage here, Dan. I mean, not really. Now, right. he can't. I mean, he can. I, I shouldn't say he can't hold out. Right. It'll be expensive. Like, Very. and he's not making the kind of money right now that he can withstand forty thousand dollars a day. So, like, if Correct. he doesn't have that leverage, this what this is going to come down to, Dan, is whether or not the Cardinals actually think he's worth paying. And I would be absolutely shocked if Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury are able to keep their jobs after funneling through two top ten picks at the quarterback position in four years. I just, I, I, I can't really be convinced that that that. That's going to shed good light on them. No, not not at all. And like I said, it's an icky situation because the, the, the sense is you're saying, fine, Kyler, like, we'll just fine you until you come and play. But, again, it's also what you're expecting is the cornerstone of your franchise. Like, this isn't, the, this isn't your, your, your number one cornerback. This isn't the defensive end. This is your quarterback. And, Nate, it's so interesting how we talk about the NFL and we talk about, like, like I was saying, like, the quarterbacks. Like, it's kind of like the NBA. Like, like in that weird way where it's like, well, if I'm not happy, 
I'll get one team to pay me, and then if that team does, if I'm not happy there, then I'll just demand a trade. It's it's we've never seen the NFL like this. We always thought like when a quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, they would all throw these things out there. We're like, they're gonna stay. Yeah. Like, this is all just this is all. But now we've seen this offseason. They move. I, I, I don't know how else to describe it. And so, like, while I'm sitting here going, yeah, you're right. He does not make the kind of money to get fined $40,000 a day in, in all of these things. It's just a bad PR look. Mm-hmm. On, and like I said, this is kind of a no-win situation because either the Cardinals are forced to pay their guy when they're clearly not jumping at the chance to, and why should they? Um, and then you also have Kyler, who's already kind of, you know, had to do a PR move this year by being like, I do love playing and, and I do give it my all. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a weird situation down there uh, in Arizona where it's like, okay, how is this going to end? Because this isn't – Kyler hasn't earned the cachet or the weight that Aaron Rodgers can get away with all this stuff and be kind of a jerk, and you're like, yeah, but he's really good. Mm-hmm. Like, Kyler hasn't, hasn't earned that much respect yet in the league for his play. So that will be interesting how it plays. And also, don't you just kind of love this as, like, a Bills fan to be like, man, our guy is so great. Absolutely. We've got him locked up. He's so happy. We're happy to have him. He's sending funny tweets about digs. Yep. We're just – everything's just great over here. Let's hope it stays this way for a very long time. It's a great <laughs> point, Dan. Thanks, brother. I appreciate you hopping on on your Saturday morning. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Uh, there's some golf on. There's some good soccer on. Liverpool's yeah. up 3-1 right now over Man City in the FA Cup semis. Uh, what else? We've got, uh, oh, NBA playoffs start today. So a great slate yep. of, of uh, some bettable games. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably lose some money today. But, hey, what, it, what, what fun is this Saturday afternoon inside if I can't lose a little money? <laughs> Exactly, man. Nate, thanks for having me on. My pleasure, buddy. Dan Fates there on the Western Hotline from 13 Wham Rochester on uh, ch- chatting with us about some NFL storylines. We're going to take a timeout. Uh, we'll grab two breaks here on the other side. I'll have DJ Bienemy of the New York uh, Daily. He's going to join me. We're going to talk about the Jets. That's right, the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. That's coming up here at, two, at 12 at noon on WGR. Sports Talk Saturday, hour one in the books. It was a good one. Dan Fates joined us from 13 Wham Rochester. If you missed any of that, go up to uh, WGR550.com on-demand audio. Check us out there. We'll have all of those uh, hours uh, posted up separately uh, up on the website. And uh, just a quick reminder, uh, next hour, I've got DJ Enemy. He's coming up here. We're going to chat some New York Jets. Uh, and then at 1230, Mark Schofield, big friend of the program, going to join us at 1230 Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the quarterback situation in this NFL draft. Best fits for some of these quarterbacks. We'll also talk about what the Patriots plan to do is if Joe Judge and Bill Belichick really are intending to call offensive plays. I don't know. I'm looking for the word to use. Excited. I want to laugh a little bit. Like... Leave it to Bill Belichick to be like, how hard could calling an offense be? I'm Bill Belichick. I can do whatever I want. I can do anything. I'm just going to, you know, I'm not going to even, I'm not going to even hire an offensive coordinator. I'm just going to call plays. How hard could it be? Good for you, Bill. We'll see. We'll, 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 we'll see that really early, how hard that can be. All right. Time out. Other side. DJ Enemy joins the program. We're going to talk Jets. That's coming up next year on WGR. How powerful is Cox Internet? 
powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theatre in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheatre.com.